Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Tuesday. It is time for all of today's top sports stories in one place called Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here to deliver it as always, Aaron. So after the firing of head coach Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals have begun their search to find their next head coach. And one name that keeps popping up is Sean Payton. So how important is the quarterback to Payton in choosing his next job? Here was Sean Payton on the Fox pregame show over the weekend. I love my job here. And and that's like the roster here is pretty good. When you got Michael Strahan at one end, Howie Long at the other end, Charles is handling the back end. I got Terry as a starting quarterback. I got Mike Vick is my is my Get me fired up here. Let's go. I got a lot of pieces here. Um, I think that it's really about the triangular relationship, ownership, front office, head coach. Uh, when we went to New Orleans, and I say we because there were a lot of people involved, the quarterback was unsettled at that time. So I, I think ownership and uh, the functionality of, of the front office is most important. Real quick, though, it's not a sure thing you're taking any of these jobs. You might be back here. Yeah, I just went through the lineup. It's pretty good. So, after hearing that clip, do you think Sean Payton is a realistic option for the Cardinals? Forget the compensation, but do you think it's a realistic option? I think it's a realistic option in the sense that I think he would be interested in this job, and I think they'd be interested in him, and those are the two most important things. And I know you said forget the compensation, but that's a big part of this now going forward. I I think a lot of people just are like, "Ah, I want him here. Let's just go out and sign him, right? Like, no, you got to. You're gonna have to give up significant stuff to get him. Would you be willing to trade that third overall pick to maybe move back and get some more picks to Uh, then land Sean Payton? See, that's interesting. The problem is you you can't because you don't have the the timing doesn't work. But yes, if you told me like, okay, you can get like two first rounds for that number three overall pick and you could trade the second one of those for Sean Payton. It's like the 27. I don't know. That That's a lot more interesting, but the timing's not going to work out that way. You, you know can't. what? Uh, we'll give you our 2024 first round pick. Okay? <laughs> that's what we'll give and you. Then you. That better not be a high draft pick. Okay. <laughs> um, listen, first of all, do I think he's an option? Yeah, I think he is a consideration. I think that he would consider. I think there's no doubt about it in terms of coaching Kyler Murray. Um, and we all know what he would do. Interesting what he would do, ladies and gentlemen, with Kyler Murray. We all understand it. Yet at the same time, um, I think it's a consideration for Michael Bidwell and the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's a consideration for Sean Payton as well. It's going to be about the details. But I would be shocked if it were a situation where one party or both parties weren't interested in having a conversation. And that is the most important thing. to me, it's going to happen. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, should the Cardinals consider internal candidates for the head coach and GM openings? Your choice is yes, consider the candidates, or no, use only external candidates. 
Joss. Well, yeah, you got to consider. No I mean, it, it works both ways, right? When you, if you're concerned that they're only going to promote from within, isn't your concern that they're not looking at every option? I wouldn't yes. want to only look at the outside options too. I, and I, I mean, Adrian Wilson. Quentin Harris too. Those are those are interesting names. I would look at everybody. Yeah, and I'm biased. There's no doubt about that because I know both these men and I love both these men. And these guys are going to be general managers. When you talk about Adrian Wilson, I know the the Red Sea Cardinal fans that are out there right now. They they would probably love to see Adrian Wilson be the general manager. Quentin Harris as well. These two guys, I know these guys. These guys are going to be general managers. One day, mark my words, they're going to be general managers one day in the league. Is that time now? I don't know. I really don't. And nobody knows unless you're sitting in that room in which you're interviewing Adrian Wilson. You're interviewing Quentin Harris. Nobody knows. But are they going to be considered? You better believe it, man. They're candidates. So, your options... 74% say no, use only external candidates. Wow. 26% say yes, consider the candidates. So if you were to do that, so head coach, GM opening, which one would you prefer be the internal and which one would you prefer to be the external? That's, I knew you were going to ask that question, and I don't have a good answer for it without being in the interview room, but I think... I think the way I'm going to take your question is like, is there is there a hesitation to to stick with somebody internal after the way the season just went? I'd really love to talk to Adrian Wilson and just kind of know. I'm assuming Adrian Wilson, based on the way he played, wants to to play a more physical brand yes. of football. I'm assuming that. I haven't heard him say that. Um, and it's not a knock on, on Vance Joseph, but I, I guess I'd be more inclined to go internal with the GM. I get the hesitation to do that, though. Not the hesitation to to look at all of the candidates, but the, hesi- the maybe not even hesitation, but more just the, the thought of let's get somebody from out of the organization. You know, once again, uh, this is a very difficult question to answer because you have to know. I, I have no idea. How did A-Dub feel? about the hire of Cliff Kingsbury. How did Quentin Harris feel about that? How did did they feel about some of the draft picks that were out there? Once again, who did you hitch your wagon to? Both these men are totally qualified. And as time continues to tick by, um, they're going to make their way to the point where, yeah, some other team is going to try to rip off Quentin Harris, is going to try to rip off Adrian Wilson. There's no doubt about that. They've already interviewed with some other teams. They're already getting that kind of juice. But see, you can't answer the question until you know. Where were they on the hire of Cliff Kingsbury? Where were they on the extensions? Where were they on Kyler Murray? Where where were they on building the football team they were building? Michael knows that. Very simple. You hand everybody a question, just a simple yes-no question. Did you want to draft Andy Isabella over DK Metcalf? And anybody that says yes, I'm sorry, you're not being considered. Anybody that says no, all right, you're on my short list of potential GMs. I don't care if you were here or in Tennessee or wherever. That's so myopic. <laughs> that would be a horrific way to do it. Would it? Yes. All right, that was, that was wolfing down your lunch. We, uh... What about everything else except Andy Isabella? So oh now all of a sudden you're going to say you're disqualified. Yes, I'm drawing the line there. Uh, could all of the change 
package this offseason be the best possible thing for Kyler Murray? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are with the Arizona Cardinals right now. Up on ArizonaSports.com. Wolf, we have a head coaching tracker and a GM tracker. Wow. <laughs> that's that's how much of a blank slate it is for this team Okay, uh, right now. There's still a lot of Michael Bidwell audio that we have not gotten to yet from yesterday. And, of course, that uh, press conference was right after our show ended. So let's, um, let's throw to some more of that. This is Michael Bidwell talking about Kyler Murray now going forward. I think so. I mean, right now, he's obviously he's re, re, recovering from a surgery and will be rehabbing in the off season. Uh, but I think the the big thing is he remains a dual threat, uh, incredibly explosive player, and uh, you know he's going to recover from this injury, and and we're going to have uh, a great player come back next year. And so I think it's really important for us to make sure that we we don't lose sight of that, and let's not lose sight of 13 months ago. We were 12 and two. We're the hottest team in the league just 13 months ago. And so you've, you've all seen it. There are teams that have been down a few years ago uh, that have flipped around and now are in the playoffs. So I feel like we can be a quick turnaround. We've got to get the right head coach, the right general manager in here, and that we can do that. We've got a lot of talent on this team, and we need to recover from these injuries, get back to uh, focusing on you know, what are the things that we need to be doing to win the NFC West. And that's ultimately what we need to do because that's going to give us the ability to host a home playoff game and then uh, and then hopefully get hot and move on to the divisional and the conference and the Super Bowl after that. That's the goal. I, I agree with the quick turnaround part yeah. that he talked about. Uh, yes, he had the wrong record. They were 10-2. I know everybody's screaming that at their car radio right now. Yeah. But, uh, but either way, the point remains the same. Um, I thought Bidwell was was pretty open and honest for that entire press conference yesterday. So I'm just going to assume that was the case when he's talking about Kyler Murray, too. And I have another clip to play here. Uh, but I don't think it's wrong if people are a little nervous about this quarterback now because he was excellent as a rookie, better second year, better third year. And then he wasn't last year. And last year was the year he got paid. And last year was the year there was all the questions before the season. And he was terrible in that playoff game against the Rams. So if you're questioning if Kyler Murray is a good NFL quarterback, I'm not with you there. He's a good NFL quarterback. If you're questioning if this is the guy that's ultimately going to win you a Super Bowl, you have every right to ask that question right now. I think that is fair, Luke. I think that is so fair and legitimate. You have to. You got to be real about this. All this stuff. You have to take off the rose-colored glasses. You have to look at it, and you have to tell the truth based on what you see. You have to. You know, you hear me talk about this all the time. Accountability, accountability, accountability. At the heart of being accountable is telling the truth. It's one of the reasons why when you get your butt whipped, you got to get off the ground on that play, and you got to look at yourself and say, you got your butt whipped. You, you can't sugarcoat it. You have to say it the way that it is. It's no different. It's no different when you watch tape. You have to say it the way that it is. You can't, you can't fudge it. You can't massage it. You can't do it. You got to say it the way that it is. That's one of the reasons why I loved it. J.J. Watt, after a heartbreaking loss, told it like it was. Mm -hmm. 
I love J.J. Watt for that right there because he knows you can't you can't sugarcoat it. You gotta speak in direct, aggressive terminology. Call it what it is, or get out. There is no better time to be honest with yourself than in a rebuild. Would you not agree? Yes. Like if you're stripping this down, and I'm sure there's some metaphor for life there too. If you're if you're making changes in your life, probably a good time to be honest with yourself instead of lying to yourself. Uh, but especially with the Cardinals right now, this is not. Oh, you know, we're a switch. Or somebody hired our assistant coach. Even that would be a big deal. You don't have a head coach. You don't have a GM. And yeah, you are you are tied to Kyler Murray. But um, this would be a good time to just what you've been saying, honestly, since the day after they lost that playoff game last last season of it's time to tell the truth and whatever that is. Uh, here's more from Michael Bidwell. They asked him about doubts regarding Kyler long term. I just go back to 13 months ago. We were 12 and two and there were a lot of GMs and coaches around the league saying, holy cow, how are we going to deal with Kyler Murray? And we just want to get him back to where he was. He's healthy. Exactly. And so we'll get him back to healthy and uh, look forward to uh, uh, moving forward. But I also recognize yesterday uh, we were beat by a team with a backup quarterback that was uh, injured and they had a great team around him that was able to beat us and uh and and so you know brock purdy and you know some of the we got to be able to have that next man up mentality including at the quarterback position and hopefully kyler doesn't have a a season ending injury again and that we're able to keep him keep him healthy if i was smart i'd be writing down these unanswerable questions that are unanswerable right now we're going to get the answer to this one because what he just said about how how teams were were almost terrified of how they're going to stop Kyler Murray midway through last season. Yeah. It's 100% right. So now the question is, did teams figure Kyler Murray out or did they figure out Cliff Kingsbury's offense? Or is it somewhere in the middle? I mean, at this yeah, point now, I hope they figured out Cliff's offense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know honestly, if that was it. I think there's, there's something there. There's no doubt about it. But again, you, you've got to fix Kyler Murray. you got to get Kyler Murray back to where he was. And the best way to do that is to get him to understand why putting him under center and doing it more is going to be beneficial to his career. It's not only going to be beneficial, it's going to get it back on track. Man, it's beautiful. It really is, isn't it, Sean Payton? (laughs) It is beautiful. What you need to do, it's simple. And at the same time, Kyler's going to have to work at it. This has been something, football has been very, very easy to Kyler Murray his entire life. Very, very easy. He's never had to really apply himself like he's going to have to apply himself this year coming up. Not only, of course, in games, but also rehabbing his knee. It starts there. But it's also an opportunity. I keep talking about this, but I think it could be the best thing to ever happen to Kyler Murray. Make him introspective, a little retrospective as well, to be able to look at himself and say, what do I need to do to get this team better and to get me better? What do I need to do? Personal accountability, man. Yeah, look, uh, Maloney just said this, too, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you, not the injury part, but when you're talking about how something has been so easy for a number one overall draft pick in the city before, and now it's getting a little bit tougher, that sounds like another number one overall draft pick in the city, too, right now that we'll talk about in a little bit, I'm sure. Um, more from Michael Bidwell. 
would uh, would he does he have a preference as far as where Kyler Murray does his rehab after the surgery, which is already done? Does he want him doing it here in Arizona? Yes, you know, we're, we're, we're again. I haven't spoken to him, but that's that's what we'd like to see. You know, everything you just said, Wolf. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can, I can buy in. Um, I feel like on some level it does start. Look, if he rehabs in Dallas, it doesn't mean that he's not going to have a good career with the Cardinals. I'm not saying that. But that, to me, would be kind of the first step of, it's not Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, it's the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray's on the team, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. how about you come back and rehab here? Yeah. And that's not, that's not like, oh, I just think that would look good for the fans. That's the owner right there saying. Did he, did he hesitate at all when they ask, hey, Michael, do you want Kyler rehabbing here? Yes. You know, we're, 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 again, I haven't spoken to him, but that's that's what we'd like to see. That wasn't like, well, you know, everybody has their own personal preferences. That was, <laughs> yes. That was, I'm paying him $230 million. He could probably just come the 500 miles over here, yes. however far it is. And yeah. you know me, I am old school right now. Um, listen, he got the operation. It's a renowned surgeon, of course. And I'm old school that way. Even there, right there. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have a an excellent orthopedic surgeon as well, Doctor Gary Wazluski. All right, he Doc Waz is what everyone calls him right now. Right, Doc Waz. He has worked with so many professional athletes and so many organizations. I'm not talking about just in the game of football. So, anyways, that's just me. That I one, that doesn't bother me as much, but the I'm rehab you, would would bother me. The rehab is a thing that does kind of raise my eyebrows, and there it is. The old school mentality creeps out and has. I have declared before and will continue to, I'm going to wave it, man. I'm going to wave the old school flag. No longer apologize for it. Where is it? Did we put it up? You know, I lost it, but I say, but it's it's still on this computer here. You want me to turn it towards you? No, that's okay right there. Don't ever apologize for being old school. I'm not going to apologize any longer for being old school. I'm going to wave the old school flag. That's what I'm going to do. And that means you rehab with your team coming off a major surgery. You rehab here. Well, especially because it's not, I mean, it it is your team at this point. There's no GM. There's no coach. You are the the leader of this team, even though we would all say it's probably Buda Baker or some of these other guys. Like, this is Kyler Murray's team. So, yeah, I think that there's there's a lot of symbolism in going and rehabbing with your team. The surgery, fine. Like, if, if I, I just try and put myself in that position, if I was like, okay, it's my knee, I'm going to pick the surgeon. But as far as rehab... Come on, <laughs> this is a this is an NFL team. It's not like they're just pulling people out of college that have never done any of the rehab and been like, "Hey, why don't you uh, do your internship by trying to fix this NFL quarterback?" Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. We come back. Phoenix Suns under five hundred for the first time all season, for the first time actually since they were one and three last season. How concerned should you be? We're going to ask Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, Sons Warriors tonight. Boy, it doesn't feel like this game has... 
near the hype that it, it should. And I guess this is more of a, of a testament to the problem the NBA has. Where you got a regular season matchup like this, you don't even know who's going to play for either team. But it is Suns-Warriors, and the Suns could really use a win tonight. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Okay, Ray, what's going on? Uh, you know, Luke, just uh, scouring the uh, scouring the wire to see if there's any <clears throat> fresh, healthy bodies in the Bay Area that could throw on a uniform tonight. Other than that, not much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, honestly, right now, who is going to play for the Suns tonight? Can you confirm <sighs> names tonight that, that will be playing for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, well, I, I can confirm those who won't be playing, and then you could deduce from there what's left. But <laughs> we, you know, we know that Mikael Bridges will play. Uh, it looks as though DA is trending to play, uh, but you know, there's no Cam Payne, there's no Chris Paul, you know, no Cam Johnson Hill, no Devin Booker Hill. Um, the you know the bead goes on and and uh, unfortunately to answer your question, Luke or address your comment, uh, we we do unfortunately know who is playing for them and a couple of bodies have been added to that uh, that list and doesn't doesn't bode well uh, for for our boys. Uh, Steph Curry and uh, some guy named Andrew Wiggins both uh, slated to make the return. Oh, good for them! And we're into the we're only three yeah. games into this this pretty difficult ten game stretch. Um, okay, I, I don't know if if there's a if you can give a definitive answer to this, but just what's your sense of the vibe around the team right now? Because I know you don't want to panic, but you are exactly at the halfway point, and you're uh, you've lost nine of ten, and you're six game losing streak and we never know what lineup we're going to see out there from night to night now. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I know a little bit like the, the start of the season, everybody has examined, you know, the body language and the losses and like, Oh my goodness. You know, I've had a couple of people text me. It's like, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't see it with this team. They, you know, there, there's something going on in the locker room. There, there isn't. I mean, there really isn't. I I give this group uh, great credit for keeping their head up, keeping their chin up, and understanding, you know, begrudgingly that this is part of the game. And, you know, we and, you know, in the broadcast and, and those of, of fandom need to understand and acknowledge uh, as badly as you don't want to or refuse to, this team was, was pretty healthy the last couple of years. And we benefited as, as a result of that. Look, yes, it, it is part of the game. We, we were not prepared. I don't think anybody was prepared to experience just the absolute, I mean, typhoon of injuries that we've dealt with. It's one thing for two or three games, but when you're talking, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15, 30, uh, you, you're just not prepared for that. And I know people have been hard on James Jones. Why hasn't he done this? Why, You know, nobody's got a crystal ball on, on when guys are going to go down with injuries. And you can only prepare so much. Um, and Monty Williams and his staff, uh, the players, they have done everything they can to go out and prepare and play and compete. But, look, I, you know, sometimes – their better is better than your very best. We saw that with Cleveland the other night. You know, the guys made a valiant effort. We're right there. But Cleveland had a healthy roster. And just like the Suns did the last couple of years, they're like, okay, time to put our foot on the gas um, because we're done with you. And 
that's just the that is the sobering reality that we are all in right now, fellas. Yeah, speaking of that right there, Kay, when you think of DeAndre Ayton right now, of course, January 15th, it looms right here. Just guessing, you know, nobody knows. I understand that. But what are the odds, in your opinion, that DA is definitely going to be a Phoenix Sun the rest of the season? What are the odds that he's going to be a Sun? And, you know, do you think there might be the possibility of any change coming forward for DeAndre Ayton? Well, I, I do believe there's change coming for the Suns. Um, I, I don't think, Wolf, I, I don't think it would be fair to DA or the organization for me to, to really place any odds. Because I, I have no, I am not privy to any kind of conversations that, you know, have taken or sure. or will take place. Uh, I, I think that, you know, as we've all seen, DA has played like a monster at times. And there are times where, you know, he has reverted back to, you know, some of those old habits where, um, you know, he'll he'll get a, a 15 and 6 game. And frankly, when you're a max player and you're a guy that's talked about being defensive player of the year and an all star, you know, you just, you can't have those. Um, they they are fewer and farther between, but even more so now. You're, you're looking to a guy, DeAndre, because he is now a veteran. You know, he's no longer a young player. He's a veteran, regardless of what his age says. He is a veteran. So you're looking for him to help create a, a foundation while the other guys are out. And I, I think he has shown signs and glimpses of that. But to sit here and say he will or won't be, um, I, I don't think would be, you know, I, I wouldn't be serving uh, he or the Suns, uh, Jeff Lee, if I did that. Talking to Kevin Ray of Valley Sports, uh, the Suns come into this game tonight, seven and a half back of Denver and Memphis for first in the West, and only a game up on Utah and the Lakers for 11th in the Western Conference. Now, it's really tough to gauge this team, Kay, because so many guys are hurt, and it just seems like more and more hurt each night. I, I get that, but in terms of what we are seeing on the floor, what in your mind is the biggest thing they need to fix? Because I thought the defense was a lot better the first Cleveland game, obviously, and then they, they lost that, that one at the end, and that was that was just a gut-wrencher because they clearly needed a win at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Torrey Craig has said it. Uh, it's Wainwright has said it. Uh, Mikel has said it. Even DA the other day. It's like, you know, when, when they all – play at a high level defensively with this particular group of players, they're good. You know, they're, they're not elite, but, but they are good and they can give teams, you know, all they want and, and they can make it challenging for teams to score. But the, the problem is, and, and this, this isn't going away anytime soon. I mean, guys, we're talking about now with Chris Paul being sidelined, we're talking about 80 points, 80 points. Yeah. Uh, wrap your head around it being in street clothes. Like, I don't care. I don't care what team you put on the court. If you're missing 80, if you took 80 points off of the red hot Brooklyn Nets, do you think they're going to, you know, they will have won 12 of, of 13 or 12 of 14, whatever it is. Oh, and by the way, they're going to be missing Kevin Durant for the next several weeks. So let's see how they fare. You do that with, yes, I know the Warriors have had, you know, injuries, but they haven't, they haven't been missing 80 
points. Um, and and I, I feel, still think that it is hard for Suns fans to, to really grasp that. And I, I don't know why. You, you know, we pan the cameras down the bench. <laughs> you, you could sit there in your head, okay, there's 26, yeah. there's 14, <laughs> there's 15. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget the assist that campaign and Chris Paul provide. So you could throw in another 12 points, you know, let's just say a, a random number. No, no team is going to be able to sustain that for an extended period. And that is the cold, brutal reality for the Suns. You know, none of these guys are coming back within the next game or two. So the this collective group that will take the floor tonight will have to summon their greatest powers and play at a high level. And maybe we'll get one of those nights like we had in Memphis a couple of weeks ago where everybody scores in double figures. And it is possible. Uh, but that's, that is what they are faced with every night they step on the floor until reinforcements return. Kevin Ray, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate the time and, and hopefully you're talking about a win tonight. Finally. Boy, I, I would love to brother. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Thanks, Kay. I was going to suggest even if they lose that he just uh, says they won. Maybe that'll <laughs> maybe we can fool the NBA. Oh, the Suns actually lost one hundred eight to ninety seven, but their play by play guy said they won the game. So I guess we'll just count it. Look, they um, we'll get back into Suns in a little bit, but um, it almost doesn't feel like they're playing right now in a weird way, doesn't it? Yeah. Because when you watch them, it's like, oh, okay, here's part of their bench so, playing tonight. Man, it really is. It's so weird to see it. But once again, this is what injuries do. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it just—it almost feels like they're they're on a hiatus and like they don't. This isn't their season. This is a classic example right here. When you think about it, it's not an excuse. It's a reason why the Suns are four and fourteen. The countdown to Super Bowl Fifty Seven has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text Super to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name starting February sixth. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events: FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. It's a pretty good deal. So, text Super to six twenty six twenty. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. We come back. What's your favorite matchup of the NFL playoffs? We'll get into some of these games we haven't even got to talk about yet. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cards President Mike. Wolf and Luke Middays. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, in the chaos of everything that happened yesterday with the Cardinals, Wolf, we haven't even got to look at the actual playoff matchups that are coming up here on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I figured we'd do that here. I'm sure everybody knows them now, but just to reset in the AFC, Chiefs get the bye. Bills, Dolphins, that's your 2-7. Bengals, Ravens, your 3-6. Jaguars, Chargers, your 4-5. NFC, Eagles get the bye. 49ers, Seahawks, 2-7. Vikings, Giants, 3-6. Buccaneers, Cowboys, 4-5. And that's your Monday night football game. So... You figured, because your producer, Wolf, yeah. came up with some categories. For yeah, you know, it's interesting just looking at it right now. What is your favorite game? Start with that right there. What is your favorite game based on earnings? You can play along in your car, of course. You can play along at home, wherever you may be, consuming the Wolf and Luke show right now. You can play along. What is your favorite game that is scheduled for the weekend coming up? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't love these matchups as much as I 
thought I was going to. For wild card. Yeah. See, I like the divisional round. That's when I start yeah. really getting jacked up when I see the divisional round. I like the wild card, but I like oh, the I divisional do too. round. There could have been better matchups, but like Bill's Dolphins, I just don't think it's going to be a game because I don't think two is playing and I think Buffalo is just going to steamroll them, yeah. right? Um, right. I'm kind of inclined Even to... Even though there are two meetings in the regular season. Yeah. Great. But I made the mistake of watching that Dolphins-Jets game this past weekend yeah. with Skylar Thompson, and I don't think he's going to beat the Bills in the Yeah, playoffs. I don't think so either right there. But um, once again, uh, the two regular season matchups were decided, I believe, by a field goal. No, and Miami really surprised me with the second one in Buffalo, making that game oh, come yeah, down to the wire. Oh, yeah, totally. I kind of like... Totally. 40, totally. I kind of like 49ers Seahawks. I don't know why. I think it's because I expect the Seahawks to get run off the field. That's mine. And I kind of like Bengals Ravens, although they just flashed on the television in here during the break that they don't even know if if, uh, if Lamar is playing this weekend. Totally. <laughs> okay, great. We get it. I already said it. I mocked myself. That I was me. Totally. I think that was me. That, that oh, that was you right me, there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know what? Mock Luke all you want. <laughs> um... You know, for me right now, it is. It's my favorite game of the weekend. I'm sorry. It's the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason being, of course, is because these are two teams I know very, very well after playing them both uh, twice and seeing them twice and just looking at the 49ers and their physicality in this revival of the Seahawks and their physicality as well. Now, they're not the Legion of Boom by any stretch of the imagination. They no longer play that way to that degree. But the Seahawks still are predicated on running the ball, even though you've got Geno Wilson having this special season, this unbelievable season that he's had. It got a little wonky in the back end of the season, but Geno Smith is still, um, he's the guy that, um, for me at least, it's West Virginia, it's West Virginia, the pride of every mountain. Okay, that's enough. Um, but the physicality of those two teams, I enjoy. Well, we do have three three games this weekend that are going to be the third meeting uh, between teams, right? So Buffalo, Miami, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and San Francisco, Seattle. Um, the game I actually like the most, I'm going to save for your next category because your next category was favorite quarterback matchup, right? Yeah. Jacksonville and the Chargers... That's honestly the game of these six I'm the most interested to watch. It's Trevor Lawrence against Justin Herbert. This is the future of the position. I like it. And honestly, I know most people just kind of roll their eyes at that game like, okay, big deal. It's not going to impact the Super Bowl. And you're probably right. But of the six games this weekend, I think that one has the potential to be the most entertaining. I would have said Bills-Dolphins, but again, I think the Dolphins are too beat up and the Bills are too good. Uh, But Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence, we could be talking about two top five quarterbacks. Okay, so I had as well favorite quarterback matchup. Is that what you're going to say right there? Yes, 100%. Wow. (laughs) 100%. I don't even, where else could you look for a quarterback matchup in these games? Well, see, and I'm so glad you said that because I'm thinking of Kirk Cousins. Oh boy! I'm th- oh, come on! What? Seriously? I refuse to acknowledge them in the playoffs, even though I had to take them in our Super Bowl. Man, Bowl-Bow. I honestly, right now, I cannot wait to watch Kirk Cousins. I cannot wait Said to watch. No one this. ever. I know, but once again, what's the knock? Against Kirk Cousins. What is it, Basinonis? Oh, my goodness. He can't win the big one. 
He's not going to be able to get you to the Super Bowl. He's not going to be able to win the Super Bowl. He can't win the big one. And man, Minnesota earlier in the year, they were on a roll, were they not? They, and there were some big games, and they were on a roll, and they were crushing everybody. Now, all of a sudden, the wheels look a little rickety right now for the Minnesota Crushing Lions. everybody, like rallying to beat the Colts by three? <laughs> I don't... Uh, look, I, I did, did I not say the wheels are shaking a little bit? <laughs> you did say when I'm we did the Super Bowl draft. i with this. I, I am. You Kirk had them Cousins 14th knows. on your list of teams I, you were going to draft. I, I know that. But again, if you're asking me, it's because of their, their yeah. team overall. But if you're asking me... Um, the favorite quarterback matchup, do you think he has an awful lot to prove? They, they <laughs> oh should win that goodness. game, right? Can you imagine if you lose? I, know, I was just game. thinking that as you were talking. Can like, you imagine? If they lose to the Giants, who are, you know, they're a good story, but they're not, I, I don't know. If the Vikings lose to the Giants, that narrative, and I, I don't believe the, in the Vikings as a Super Bowl contender at all, and I know I'm not alone because I'm pretty sure everybody outside of Minnesota feels that way, and I think a lot of people inside of Minnesota. A lot of Vikings okay. fans don't. But if they lose to the Giants in the first round, that narrative you're talking about in is Daniel never going away. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ever. Yeah, but you know what? I love that. Even for Daniel Jones, that that quarterback matchup once again. I'm not going negative. I, I want to see one of these guys, Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones, overcome a lot of stuff. If you want to go positive and you want to spin this back to the Cardinals for a second, look at what Brian Dable, a new coach, has done for Daniel Jones. Like Daniel yes. Jones is decent now. Yes. And he was kind of yes. like, uh, should this guy still be a starter before the season? That's He's exactly like a legit right. guy no, now. You're, you're right about that. But once again, my goodness, can you imagine the thoughts going through Daniel Jones's mind as he's preparing for this playoff game? Can you think of Kirk Cousins? What's going through his mind? That's why these two, oh my goodness. Somebody is going to overcome, or or maybe it's just going to be a train. It's going to be seven to three for both of them. But that, to me, that's my favorite quarterback matchup. Not because I expect a train wreck, but I expect one of them to overcome. You, you might have talked me into that being my favorite game of the weekend, actually. That's not my favorite quarterback matchup, because Herbert versus Lawrence, I, I can't, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Okay, you had this on your list, too. Who's your favorite team in these playoffs? <laughs> There's no doubt it's the Buffalo Bills. I, I, I'm I sorry. Think, I think it's got to be. I will say this. Of course it's the Bills. The Chiefs are my favorite team to watch because Mahomes is just so good and I haven't gotten tired of it yet. Like yeah. Brady, he was really good and I got tired of it. He still is, I guess. But I got tired of that pretty quick. Mahomes, I don't get, I never get tired of watching that guy play. But if you're asking me who, with, with no Cardinals in there, who I want to win the Super Bowl, it's got to be the Bills. Right, I mean, yeah. I, I have some. You teams. had the Bills early on, so you were all over well, the Bills. I, I, you had them number one, right, in the first power poll. Yeah, but I think I think most people did, didn't they? I mean, that's uh, I don't I don't think it was a guarantee. Well, I, I mean, they don't have the number one seed right now, but I that's that's the team. I think I think most people, if you are a fan of a team that's not in the playoffs, you're rooting for the Bills, or maybe even at this point, a fan of anybody that isn't the team the Bills are playing. Yeah. It, yeah, everything that happened last week certainly plays a part in that. But they're also, it's just been such a tortured fan base. And I guess Minnesota has been too. But 
Buffalo seemed like they were so close to finally breaking through last year. They've been so close to winning how many Super Bowls in their past. Yeah, Buffalo's the, now I have a lot of teams' favorite teams to root against. I'm looking forward to watching Seattle hopefully lose to the Niners. I'm looking forward to watching the Vikings get eliminated at some point. Yeah. I don't even know why, because Vikings fans are like the nicest people in the world. Um, who's your favorite coach? Yeah, um, John Harbaugh. <laughs> it was no doubt about it, man. No John, hesitation. John Harbaugh, he is he is um, a guy that believes in the game of football. He's a guy that loves the game of football. He is um, a guy that has been nurtured by Mother Gridiron. He's a guy that loves it. He loves to talk ball. He loves to use the terminology of football. He loves the physicality. He looks for guys. You look year after year after year, man. The Baltimore Ravens do the best job of drafting offensive linemen better than anybody else in the National Football League, in my opinion. They don't care where they get them either. It's the fifth round, the fourth round sometimes. They get a little kooky, and they draft in the fourth round an offensive lineman. And then the fifth round, and sometimes sixth round. You look at them. Every guy, last last year, when I looked at the Baltimore Ravens, I haven't looked at it this year based on Orleans, but last year, every guy on their depth chart was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. That's a good way to do it. Every Guy, are you kidding me? I, I challenge you to go see if that exists anywhere else in the league. Got to draft and you got to develop. That's a, a, obviously a huge thing for the Cardinals as they uh, as they approach their general manager search. And we'll physicality get deeper into that in just a moment. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.